0: Okay, hello everybody, this is S.D. Falcetti, and you are listening to the Hayden's World Podcast. If you've been following my podcast, you'll know I have a new release called Bernard's Dream. It is book 8 in the Hayden's World series, and I've been reading scenes from the book to give you a sneak peek at some of the content. I'll be continuing with that theme and reading a scene today from chapter 17, which features our two engineers, Lin and Hitoshi. The chapter is titled Badges. The day, like so many recently for Lynn, felt like a dream. A 5.45 a.m. alarm, with the blue text Mission Day 23 beckoning. Her sleep sack beside Hitoshi's. The luxury of sleeping together under gravity, lost to the freefall of Nesso's orbit. The realization that today was the day that she earned her badge. That, like Hitoshi standing in the virtual recreation of astras her flight suit patch would glow gold today, because she was going to land on another freaking world. What does one wear for such an occasion? She drifted in front of her closet, ping-ponging between outfits, while Hitoshi followed her with his eyes, telling her it didn't really matter because she'd just need to take it off anyway to put on her EV suit. She finally settled on the obvious choice of her flight suit. Hitoshi wore his, also, as a sign of support a jovial breakfast with everyone's spirits high and a funny moment where a zero-g accidental grapefruit squirt sent a few people chasing after undulating juice globules. Everyone crammed into the planetary science lab to review the night's worth of data from the ocean and land probes. No signs of life other than oxygen. Isaac's orbital photo montage. Nesso, a little smaller than Earth, with sandy browns, dark seas, and wispy clouds spiraling over the sunlit side, cloud cover thickening at the planet's north-south midsection, Lumen 16A painting everything in dim, sunset colors, with the far side of the planet backlit by Lumen 16B's faint red hues. Promise slicing through Nesso's upper atmosphere as storms raged beneath it, cloud tops reaching up towards them like fingers, then the storm slipping behind them with the wind shaking the ship and rocking Lynn where she sat at her bridge station. Purple sky marrying taupe Mountains. Chasms and rivers snaking beneath them as James rattled off vectors. Then, the rock-strewn landscape streaking up what promises thrusters firing. The floor rumbling beneath Lynn. As the ship groaned into its landing struts, the pool in her seat did not subside. Planetary gravity. Natural gravity. Weighing her down. So here she is now, standing in EV prep, unzipping her flight suit and shimming it off, feeling a bit self-conscious about the community striptease unfolding around her. Like her, Everyone has their ev undergarments on beneath their clothing. And although they aren't much different than biking shorts and a spandex t-shirt, it's still off-putting to see so much skin and contours from her co-workers. But, she thinks, they're more like roommates than co-workers now. And she's getting used to it. Hitoshi gives her a hand putting her suit on. Julian gives the medical brief. 0.9 G's means 10% more of everything. You can jump 10% higher and run 10% faster because each stride will propel you further. I do not, however, recommend that you run. You still have the same inertia and must accommodate. In the event of a suit breach, don't panic. The air is a bit cool and the oxygen is lower than Earth's, but you will not notice it without heavy exertion. If you must breathe the atmosphere, you will be able to breathe it just fine. When Lynn wiggles into her EV suit top, Hitoshi clicks her seals shut and inspects her connections. Ava steps forward. Two teams. Blue team is Isaac, Lynn, and Hitoshi, heading to the shoreline. There's a short hike to get there, and they'll be collecting water and beach samples. Red team is James, Willow, and me, heading to the river for fresh water and dirt samples. Beckman will monitor ops from the ship. Beckman approaches Lynn and hands her a pulse pistol, sheathed in a white holster. She accepts it, holding it out and staring at it. Magnetic holster, Beckman says. Goes on your hip. She blinks. What's this for? Aggressive negotiation. He produces a second pistol and hands it to Hitoshi. Hitoshi accepts and snaps it onto his hip. Lynn's a bit frazzled now. You really think we're going to get into a gunfight? Beckman points a thumb at Hitoshi. On our last trip, your boyfriend there went to pick some daisies and got in a firefight with the daisies. Hey now, Hitoshi says. They were really, really mean daisies. Actually, they were more like green leaf hand thingies. Remember your training, Beckman says to Lin. Follow Hitoshi's lead and you'll be fine. He sighs. (sighs) I can't believe I just said that. Lin's voice warbles. Okay. She clicks the gun onto her hip. As Beckman walks away, Hitoshi hands Lin her helmet. You're on an away team. Pretty cool, huh? Why do I feel like the red shirt, Lynn asks. She snaps her helmet on, and its lights flicker awake. Hitoshi hands her a silver sample collection briefcase. When everyone else is suited, the EV prep room lights toggle to ultraviolet with bits and pieces of people's suits fluorescing while the sterilization sequence runs. A red beacon strobes before Nesso's air cycles in. All right, teams, James says. Here we go. Promise's outer airlock door slides open with a whine of hydraulics. Orange sunlight sweeping in a widening glow across the group. The airlock ramp is already deployed and angles down to tan rock. James leads. As Lynn emerges from the airlock, she stops, her mouth opening in awe. The ground is covered in fine, clay-colored dirt, with rocks ranging from pebbles to boulders. Massive stone slabs jut up with the terrain rising towards mountains at their west. The light is like a sunset after a rainstorm, diffuse, orange, and dim. But the analogy breaks down because the sun is directly overhead in the noon position. And what a sun! In Nessos Sky, Lumen sixteen A is twenty six times the size of Earth's sun. The star a titanic sphere with angry orange vertical tiger stripes suspended over Lin's head like a world about to crash down through the atmosphere. Nesso's sky is a gradient from deep purple at the horizon that brightens to marine blue where it touches the star. It's a crazy technicolor sky, the type that only existed on the sound stage of nineteen sixty sci fi shows. But here it is, larger than life enveloping her. Lin takes a step and stumbles. Hatoshi snags her arm. I gotcha. I know. It's really something. Dude is all Lin can muster, still looking up as Hitoshi escorts her down the ramp. Alright, that wasn't the entire scene, but that was a good chunk of it, where Lin gets to set foot on our first alien world. So, Bernard's dream is now live in the Amazon Kindle store and also available as a paperback, so if you like this snippet of a scene, be sure to check it out. You can find other scenes that I've read here on my podcast, uh, including mythologies, distractions, and apogee, so be sure to check those out if you'd like to hear a little bit more about the story. If you enjoy audio content, the first story in the Hayden's World series is available as an audiobook. Unlike my amateur narration here, it is narrated professionally by the very talented Shimon Casey. You can find it on Audible or any place where audiobooks are sold. So thanks as always for joining me on the Hayden's World podcast, and... As James Hayden would say, keep dreaming big.